You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, I want to be objective, but I actually did take the time and I watched the Governor McKee State of the State. And I find it hokey. His whole notion, he's the coach of Rhode Island and it's Team Rhode Island. And he's trying to do all these basketball analogies. And first of all, not to be unkind, but for whatever reason, here it is several years in, and the governor still has not mastered the use of the teleprompter. I'm not saying it's the most important thing, and clearly it's limited when he would use it. But in a moment like that, if we want to be objective, um, he was kind of stumbling through. It seemed more of someone just not comfortable for whatever reason he's just not comfortable using the teleprompter which the the better you can get at it um, become more comfortable with it it just makes for a smoother delivery again i'm not saying it was the most important thing um i just found the speech was lacking in dealing in reality of where we are right now that was my impression um I think the state has a lot of challenges. First of all, it was an incredible tribute to organized labor for whatever reason. It's kind of what we've, we've, I've talked about at least, which is the governor has given up really on private sector coming into the state. The state is not business friendly. Everything is geared around the state, state jobs, giving organized labor's running the show. And so, therefore, in a moment like that, he is constantly paying tribute to them, trying to win them over for whatever reason. Um, I think it's a short-sighted goal. The state challenges, to me, it, it just seemed like a big rah-rah speech. And I, I, we're adults. Um, I just don't think it's, it's going anywhere. It's... The, the state is not a state modeled on success. There are states that are successful. Um, this formula is not one of them. Having a formula in a state that is just geared around social programs, uh, more social programs, special interest. Um, he, he, there's a lot of talk, but a problem with Governor McKee is when you get to, is there any real improvement or action, anyone that's being objective would say no. So I didn't care for it. I'm not saying, now there weren't any major gaffes or anything like that. I'm not trying to suggest that, but it, um, he's spending a lot of money at the Gal, at the port in Galilee, and he's spending a lot of money at Quonset, which I'm not exactly, again, we, it's like we almost have to take his word for him that, word for it that these things are all going to pan out um so i i think it's as far as education i find his goals very very lofty and he did paint a very channel 10 painted a very optimistic portrait of the state i just don't think that matches what's happening right now most people i mean you may feel differently but that you talk to certainly don't feel that the state's headed in the right direction as much as he wants to talk about infrastructure we we all have experienced or most people with what's going on with 195 so um and the education numbers are the education numbers they he, he can try to spin it any way that he wants but the education numbers are are appalling to say the least governor mckee just seems to throw things out like, you know, we're going to catch Massachusetts with their education numbers, even though there's there's no evidence that it's moving anything towards that. He also wants to roll out a plan to achieve $20,000 income increase. Um, again, it's just all talk. It's not anything rooted in reality. And I'm not sure no one, everyone is questioning how do you do that? when it would be the private sector that essentially would control that. And 
you know, unless he's just going to give all the state workers raises. The biggest applause line had to do with the, as he said, this year is going to be the year of the assault weapon ban. Um, that's not a priority. There was nothing about running a sanctuary state. There was nothing about the cost of all these social programs that the governor keeps increasing. Um, to me, my impression of the Governor McKee state of the state was just more of just saying things, trying to be optimistic. It was like a rah-rah speech, especially starting with he's the coach of Team Rhode Island. I, I don't, he's not the coach and it's not a team. He's the elected CEO. He's supposed to be improving the state for all people, not just the politically connected and organized labor. I didn't see it as a speech that was in tune with where we are right now, which is not in a great place. That was my impression. So, but the state of the speech, he's only got two more left, and then hopefully we will have a change on Smith Hill. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement, call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252, AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement, frame to finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling contact them today it's a family-run business aj drywall plaster home improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook it's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It's time for Four Stories with Donna Perry and uh, DJ. I want to start off and... Um, you know, obviously, this is uh, an evolving situation, but I really want to hear your thoughts on the important role that Iowa has played in the past and what we just witnessed with the Republican primary in Iowa. Yes, and great to be with you, John. You know, um, Iowa has confirmed that, you know, there was a lot of ways that Trump has been covered over the past year, but I think what we saw Monday night is that this is not a petty revenge tour. Trump is real. He's coming on, I would say, bigger than he was in 2020. Right. Um, I mean, there's no question about that. The support, and I would say across the board, is actually grown. So, and it's just hard to say that he's now not, John, just the center of the entire GOP, um, good or bad, like that is really where we are. And if, and again, he, he gets cover from so many angles, but if there was any doubt, I think he absolutely confirmed that, um, in Iowa. And I, I just, I know we'll talk about the other two, John, and I, you know, you just now have to say, is there really even a race outside of him? Exactly. And we will touch on those, too. But I want to just let's not. And, and I think that the media, the, just the way they think of him, Donna Perry, that if it was if there was name was anything other than Trump, if you just look at the margin of victory and yep. people lined up for the rally and there was tough weather, people braving the cold. You know, you've worked in politics. A big part of this is motivating your voters to get out. I, I just. I don't know if you can put a price tag. There's no one else that has such a dedicated voter base. I don't I don't think we've seen anything like this unless obviously you could say, you know, President Obama had that. But on the Republican side, this 
he's doing all the right things in smashing records of how big the margin was in Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. And and really nothing the media has seen, John. And, and no. if people forget that people talked about the Reagan movement. Maybe that seems the closest thing you can compare. But actually, that was not... Reagan had to fight for his wins in the beginning, and he certainly yeah. had to fight through primaries. Um, so that was not always a given. I mean, I just think um, that the dynamic here is is really almost without parallel. I mean, this is because Ray, you know, this is a former president knocked out um, in the previous you know cycle, and then now like back for like whatever you want to call it. Um, back for like restoring himself at the top. Um, and, and I really think John, and I know we'll, we'll, we're going to get into it. Like, I, I also think it shows how the national media, they, they almost don't know what to do with it. They, they really seem, you know, lost between trying to pretend they're covering a regular political development and they know that it's not, you know, so go ahead and get into it. Yeah, I mean, touch on that. I think you're on to something. Well, like, like, I really mean that. First of all, I I actually felt it was outright wrong for the and it began with the Associated Press, to be fair, the networks pull up what they pulled up, right? So the AP calls the race, I think within what, 10 minutes after eight or some very small amount of time, you know, and so much was made by the media that this was ferocious, sub-zero cold, even by Iowa standards and the snow and, and getting people out and, and all that stuff. So, you know, to call it when they were just still some were stumbling in to get settled and signing in, you know, cause this is all minute by minute coverage. You could see it. They're just signing in to start their caucus process. So first of all, there's that. Then all the networks of course are going to just fall in line and everyone is saying, well, Trump is obviously the winner. Right. Um, so some of their behavior is, is this is going to really be a, a year of probably uh, that we haven't seen, John. And I, I would just add that <laughs> if anyone doubted that mainstream media, the cable networks, whatever we want to call them, that are not they they are intent on shaping almost yes. on orchestrating yeah. the 2024 campaign year. I mean, yeah. and, but they really still. You know, their fights with Trump during his presidency were like so ferocious and and legendary. And they really, really almost are like people who are in like disbelief, like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> like here he yeah. comes like King Kong, like back. Well, it was 730 in Iowa, obviously an hour behind. So 830 here at boom at 830 on the dot. 7.30 Iowa, it, the call went out that he had taken it. Donna Perry, where did Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis put all efforts in? He had the big endorsement. Trump won every county except for one. And Nikki Haley beat him apparently by one vote. But I'm just curious, where, where did DeSantis go wrong? And, you know, as you go back, you and I talked about this. He initially wouldn't do it in interviews. He has ended up, he was doing Morning Joe. Uh, but where yeah. did DeSantis, just your thought, because I'm sure, you know, they had a lot of money. And he's an impressive governor. But I'm just curious, your thought, where did he go wrong? Or did he go wrong? Or is well, it just... Is Trump too strong? I, I I would not say where he went wrong. This is how I've I've looked at this, um, and you know I was kind of in the tank for DeSantis very early on. I still feel he was he was actually also orchestrated, methodically blocked out, in my opinion, by the media, John. And maybe he wouldn't do interviews, and they think he's got, you know, sharp elbows. But uh, I would point to this, like we know. Somehow the media has, and they do do this, they've kind of decided that Nikki Haley as maybe a third runner, but she's kind of more palatable. Maybe she's uh, the choice of an independent or moderate Republican. So, you know, I just feel like they've they've done a lot of, you know, intentional non-coverage of him, number one. That goes way back months and months. Um, I do think the fact that, you know, he they worked hard to say it's a big win to be within two points of Nikki Haley and 30 points or whatever behind Trump. Um, I, I, I don't know where he goes from here, but I would point to this. Like, I think the, the very liberal national papers, the New York times headline DeSantis, Iowa letdown, which I I think is unfair because he, the media for weeks was saying she's going to be number two. 
Um, and I would guarantee you, if she had come in second, you would have seen different headlines, even from the New York Times. I think you might have seen like, you know, is Haley star keeps rising. Yeah. I mean, John, a headline really matters. It shows where they're setting the tone. Yeah. Um, you might've seen like another headline could have been DeSantis's Iowa surprise, right? He emerges second. Um, so I do think to be fair to him, he has shown he can get the conservative block. He can get conservative voters to come out for him or he wouldn't have posted that number. But Trump is like in a category by himself. So, yeah, I mean, I'll know. say you're being very optimistic on someone that lost by 30 points. Right. Well, uh, but but where do you see? And again, folks, we're speaking with one of my siblings that is not a Perry. Where do you where do you see New Hampshire? Is this a race? I mean, Chris Sununu's all in for Nikki Haley. She actually didn't put a lot into Iowa. DeSantis went all in in Iowa. His numbers have fallen dramatically in New Hampshire. New Hampshire definitely seems to be, you know, Trump and Nikki Haley. And two things that have developed. One is Vivek is now out of the race and also Chris Christie's out of the race. So I, I, you know, Vivek endorsed Trump. So you could argue that maybe the small percentage he had and he did, but he had some numbers that they have fallen to to Trump. And then you, you know, maybe make the argument that Chris Christie's numbers potentially have gone to Nikki Haley. But is this a race in New Hampshire? I I would say <laughs> for the whole rest of the primary season, unless Trump is somehow instantly hospitalized with a fatal illness that no one knew about like last yeah. week, and I'm not trying to be grim, like I'm really being serious, unless Trump is just somehow fatally, you know, for something happens and he is like not able to be in the race. I don't know if it's a race. I mean, yeah, I think I agree you're, with you. You're just going to see this that, play out like this. Too strong, DJ. It, he is. It, well, they're even, playing. Let's just yeah. say she makes it close in New Hampshire, or I mean, he's he's clobbering her in South Carolina. He's going to win Nevada. I I I think you know, even those of us we talk about it every week. Even even I'm a little surprised at how strong. I mean, he has just played this so well in come out stronger. I thought it was very gracious, but as much as maybe Chris Anunu wants to make New Hampshire race, and I know the poll numbers are tight, I, I don't, I'm just not, I'm with you, I'm not convinced that it is a race. Yeah, and like, John, it's almost like in a Broadway play, someone is the obvious star and you're the understudy. And yeah. unless unless that person falls off the rafter at 30 right. feet down on the, you know, and is hospitalized, like, I don't mean to be grim. I, I don't see yeah. where they're emerging. I, and I am not saying as a Republican, I want to be clear. I am not saying that I think this is a great thing for the party. I really sure. don't. Um, I, I do think that there are a lot of official Washington that can't believe what they're seeing. Yep. Um, and I, I just question like, I don't know, Trump has a lot of legal trouble. Um, I, I'm not saying there could be mischief through courts, but there could be. Um, mm. I just think he's got a road to go. I, I don't think the Democratic Party at this point, they're not going to lie on a road and, and, you know, play dead and get rolled over either. Right. Unique health. Now is the time. End of one year, beginning of the next Set up a free consultation, no obligation. Contact Sandra at Unique Health, the right in Warwick, 401-826-8474. Unique Health, with their coaching, they will help you take off the weight, allows the body, rid itself, harmful chemicals. Unique Health is here. This is the time. You will see rapid, aggressive weight loss that can last a lifetime. It will target that stubborn fat. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Take off the pounds. Remember, it's not a diet change. It's a lifestyle change. Contact Unique Health. Learn about a free seminar. 401-269-9155. 401-269-9155. For unique health, call Sandra today, Sustainable Weight Loss. Um, so we folks, got a long folks, way to go. Yeah. We're, we're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, it's Donna Perry. DJ, um, we are going to talk about 
that poll that I sent you where now yeah. almost 75 percent of voters feel that President Biden cognitive decline. But staying on the theme of President Trump and and also the media. So last yeah. night he won Iowa and MSNBC, you know, Rachel Maddow is anchoring their coverage and they wouldn't take they wouldn't take his speech. And then CNN even cut away from it. How, how what does that say and how is it going to play? With, with the media, I think, well, I want to hear your thoughts. I think they're in a real box because, you know, their audience is basically saying, like, we don't want to hear that guy. But he he just he won the Iowa caucus. Yeah. And, and I will say a couple things about MSNBC. Number one, it's just my own petty thing. I still don't understand why they think Rachel Maddow must Agreed. be like she's Walter Cronkite of yeah. <laughs> the old days. I, 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 I'm, I agree. I'm so- I don't like them, but I also think they have other people who are actually more talented and they actually could anchor better. Um, So I don't understand why. And she's got this enormous contract and she gets to like not be on for weeks. It's it's strange. Um, And I would also say, you know, she made this big preachy statement, I believe, right on the air and said, well, we don't cover untrue things. Um, And we're living in a time in this country, John, where a lot of people think things that are actually uh, not true and really, um, you know, just spun in a way that is actually not accurate to truth, um, gets peddled around on networks like all the time. So I think, you know, we are living in an age where people say, well, you know, your idea of what's true and then we see something a different way. So that's her big speech. Um, But we also know that, you know, they're playing to an audience where people are almost like have this you know, sensitivity and they're incapable. They don't want to hear anything that like distorts their view of what the way they want to see everything. Right. So she's able to sit there and do that. I don't know how they're going to do that for eight months. If he becomes the viable, you know, true in the first lane, you know, guy that could be the next president and then CNN, you know, gave him somewhat of the coverage and then Jake Tapper you know, pulls it or said, oh, well, we'll have to interrupt the speech and saying when Trump was talking about, as you've pointed out, John, actually one of the number one concerns in the country is the border. Correct. So Trump is talking about the border and he was talking about we we they are illegal people, whether whether progressives don't want to understand that word, but they are illegal if they don't live in this country and they just like walk in, you are not a legal citizen. He's talking about that. And they switched out and said, oh, he's saying anti-immigrant rhetoric. Um, so, you know, I, I think, though, that this is a foreshadow of what you're going to see. And I want to say one quick thing about CNN, which if you go back, many people and you and I, I think, have talked about this. Many people feel CNN, in a way, almost created the enormous uh, national appeal of Trump because they right. gave him an entire year of free coverage in 2016. Right. So I think yeah. they're particularly sensitive about like giving him free coverage of all this, the speeches. But, um, yeah. you know, MSNBC, TJ, I mean, number one, they had to let go of a host that was saying anti-Israel things on the air and then right. you have joy reed that sees racism everywhere i think they have a major problem with this business they can they can block out their audience don't worry we're not going to show them it doesn't mean he's not going to win elections and it doesn't mean he might end up back in the white house so this whole business of see no evil yeah that, that's a new approach with news that i haven't heard of and you're exactly right the number two issue with voters is the border and look at the situation as we know in you know, New York and Chicago for CNN to cut away saying like, we don't think that's important. Again, they do it at their own peril. I do want to touch on and get your thoughts. I mean, when you have someone like Jonathan Carl saying yeah. 75% of voters essentially feel Biden is not mentally, you know, cognitive decline is not up to the job. The Rachel Maddow's, Jake Tapper, they can block it all they want, DJ. I I think this is the Democrat Party about to, you know, go off a cliff with someone that you look at him. He is clearly not up to do for four four more years. I'm not convinced he's going to make it till the end of the term. (laughs) Well, 
that's the thing like this is not some far out poll um you know and these are the more conventional legacy networks if you will the abcs you know and jonathan carl is not some extremist i would say on either side Hardly. but but they they just they have to like look tw- less than 30 percent of americans as you say believe he's got they're calling it the mental sharpness and right. that he can serve a term um i, I and after to you know after iowa I don't know how there's not a real sense of alarm in the yeah. uh, deep in the corners and that, you know, they're hiding behind doors, of course. But in the John, the National Democratic Party, some of it has leaked out um, when you even had Obama like, exactly. privately talking to the White House saying, guys, I don't think you're understanding yeah. where this guy's coming from. And he like I say, he is coming on you know, like just a steamroller. And, but with Biden, John, they can't shake that, that this is the thing I would just say, um, when you look at in the 20th century and the presidents, and then the ones that the public turned away from, it's just, there is that gnawing sense and you can't shake this with ads. You can't shake it with, um, you know, happy rallies by other Democrats, John. The public feels very specific about their president. That's kind of, to me, that's a, like a mark of Americans. Um, and I just think they just feel between the age and the cognitive decline, they can try to hide him. They can try to, you know, have him out once a week at the most. And, and it's choreographed. And still he stumbles. So um, I just think the party has to be having some alarm now. Um, the drumbeat is going to grow. You have not up to now, and this is what a, one thing I think is going to be interesting to watch. You've not seen major, major political figures. Now, we said Obama had some private conversations with them saying, hey, guys, you know, you better be worried. Um, but, you know, who's going to really step forward? That remains right. to be seen to say he has to be challenged. Um, we will be beat by Donald Trump. That that's what's getting tough to like to ignore that they exactly. can't come to that sentence. And DJ, I think the whole Lloyd Austin that really highlighted it's it's Ugh. one thing to argue, you know, that Biden the mental, you know, the sharp decline, but I think that showed not not only you know is he not fully in control he didn't know that austin you know was in the hospital and then right. even when they spoke austin didn't even lloyd austin didn't even tell him that he had cancer i mean it just shows if you are right 100 at the top then you you don't even have a handle on when other people around you are not working at full capacity right and let's face it you go around the world john the the u.s is now uh mired in some real hot spots and we we've got a in you know people might say well the foreign affairs is not always what drives an election but we've got some stuff going on in real time that is very very concerning obviously um you know i think the u.s navy is is taking a few hits you know uh, in the red sea and you know we're hearing about this daily um, you know, that you, they got a few skirmishes going on that could get worse. The Middle East is hardly, hardly quiet, contained, um, you know, cannot have an eruption that could actually threaten this country. Um, we know that from, you know, 20 plus years ago now and 9-11, you know, none, none of this stuff comes with a script. So you have to feel like you have a president who's on his game and under, knows where his, you know, Pentagon chief is and knows <laughs> if he's ill, wow. you know, and all that stuff. So um, with Biden, I, I really do think that that there's a twin thing coming out of Iowa. It's like the just enormous reemergence of Trump. But then yeah. what what do the Democrats do? Yeah. So, yeah, folks, again, she is independent columnist, opinion maker. It's Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always. The excitement continues and we'll talk to you again. You got it. Propane Plus. Call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations. They're available 24-7. 
a service and delivery, and they're going to serve you for a very long time. They have a great user-friendly website. You just log on at propaneplus.com, and then you type in your zip code, residential, commercial, Propane Plus, heating and cooling, always there for you. Give them a call today in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. The Johnson family, three generations, heating and cooling. You can always depend on Propane Plus. Great times waiting for you at the Coesed Inn, Rhode Island tradition since 1977, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. They have a large dining room, perfect, maybe a, a group, uh, maybe a collation, lunch. The Coesed Inn, getting a big group together or maybe just you alone or a date. 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick, great staff, terrific food. They're always working on the menu. And they also have a nice lounge as well. You have the market at Coesed right there. They're open seven days a week. I'll see you for a great meal. Make it the Coesed Inn. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. I thought Republican House uh, leader Mike Chippendale did a very good job with the Republican response to Governor McKee. I want to play some of his uh, response right now that as I was flipping around, the only one that I saw that aired it was Channel 6. Uh, Channel 12 went into jeopardy and Channel 10 said they were going to do a weather forecast. So I don't understand that. But here is uh, House Minority Leader Mike Chippendale. Billion dollars. And based on the annual budget growth prior to COVID, we should be at around $11.5 billion this year. We must hold the line and we must be looking for places to cut spending. This evening, I'm going to talk about some of the challenges as we face as Rhode Islanders. It's not negative to talk about struggles our state has, and ignoring them certainly won't make them go away. We have to accept that these challenges exist and that we must work together to find solutions to reverse the course we're on. Rhode Island's energy policy is flawed. Let's be clear, Rhode Island cannot afford the Act on Climate of 2021. The Act is built on an idealistic rather than a realistic foundation. The Group Eco Rhode Island reports that we have no clear plan to reach our 2030 climate mandates. They state simply that we're not on track. Over the past 12 years, electricity costs have risen 46% for residents and 24% for businesses. Electric vehicle sales have stalled, peaking nationally at 1%. Ford, GM, and even Tesla are scrubbing plans for new production facilities across North America. Regional wind projects are also being canceled due to the high cost of the energy they'll provide, along with the negative impact on the ocean's wildlife and its delicate ecology. We need to rewrite the act on climate, and it must protect our commercial fishing industry, our forested lands, and prevent bankrupting Rhode Islanders by forcing them to electrify every aspect of their lives at the most expensive economic time to do so. Republicans call for a more measured approach, using a sound, proven implementation, just as other U.S. states have done. We want to reactivate the Ratepayer Advisory Board, enabling more public input on proposed rate hikes. And we must also restore power to the Public Utilities Commission to review our renewable energy supply and costs. And we're obligated to protect Rhode Island consumers entering in the current solar market. Rhode Island's healthcare system is sadly collapsing. We're hemorrhaging practitioners of every discipline from specialists to support positions. The Office of Healthcare Insurance Commissioner states that the primary care crisis is going to get much worse without major changes to insurance guidelines and regulatory reforms. Further, providers are retiring at an ever-increasing rate or fleeing our state altogether, yep. while most graduates are not even looking for healthcare jobs here in Rhode Island. That's right. The loss of these vital professionals has been widely attributed to burnout, student debt, low Medicaid reimbursement rates, and outdated employee mandates. Rhode Islanders see the effects of these things every day. Wait times in our emergency rooms have grown by 600% over the past seven years, ranking us at 49th in the U.S., Nursing homes continue to close due to the massive staffing shortages and costly state mandates. We have a mental health crisis in Rhode Island at the same time we're losing providers. We're also forced to send Rhode Island children as far away as Oklahoma and Arkansas for mental health care. And this is unacceptable. 
Everything I've just described is the very definition of a collapse. Republicans call for a long overdue adjustment to our Medicaid reimbursement rate to keep pace with our neighboring states. Some of our other solutions include the Community-Based Healthcare Act, which will help to retain medical graduates in Rhode Island. And we also want to reinstitute access to telemedicine across state lines. Our residents are being poorly served in these critical areas, and it cannot continue. Rhode Island's infrastructure, as we all know, is also crumbling. For decades, our roads and bridges have been rated among the worst in the nation. And while Rhode Islanders pay among the highest fees for road maintenance through our gas tax, we still don't see adequate maintenance of our infrastructure. The near disaster of the I-195 bridge is a reminder of the negative impact these failures have had on commerce, education, health care delivery, and the lives of everyday commuters. As Republicans warned, the truck tolls were stricken down by the courts last year, and $8.5 million of taxpayer money has already been wasted appealing that decision. Rhode Islanders are now left wondering, are car tolls next? And that is something Republicans will not stand for. Businesses also watch these dynamics, and they factor them in when they're considering if they'll move to or expand in the state of Rhode Island. Make no mistake, our infrastructure directly impacts our economy, and it is damaging us as a state. You've heard Republicans speak of instituting an Office of Inspector General in Rhode Island, just like the majority of U.S. states have already done. This alone is an initiative that can save Rhode Island taxpayers billions of dollars, and the importance of this office simply cannot be overstated. We all know that we have an education crisis, too. Our education system isn't working, but if we can fix it, many other problems we face will be resolved as well. We have high schools in our state with less than 1% proficiency rates in math and single-digit proficiency in science and language. Wow. Graduation rates continue to plummet, while absenteeism among students and teachers skyrockets. Public school enrollment is down. Parents are choosing charter, private, and homeschooling at a much greater rate than ever before. You know, Benjamin Franklin said, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Republicans realize this, and we support parents who are no longer accepting that their children's futures must be invested in the same broken systems. Parents and students alike want to receive a quality education, and we're obligated to respect and support the wishes of those parents by providing the options to best educate their children. Clearly, Rhode Island also has a housing crisis. Being located between New York and Boston makes our housing challenges even greater. Mass, Connecticut, and New York all offer big money jobs, but the lower cost homes are here in Rhode Island. That workforce is now moving to our state and buying up our housing inventory, all while working elsewhere, either remotely or in a hybrid form. Shockingly, 25% of home sales in Rhode Island are to non-residents, and over 14% of home sales in Rhode Island are to people from Massachusetts. All of this has led to a dramatic increase in demand and an increase in price. But fundamentally, on the supply side, when the cost of doing business and the cost of living are so extremely high, housing costs will naturally also be extremely high. One housing expert reviewing Rhode Island observed that a state like ours could achieve our goals with one housing authority, and he was astounded to learn that we had 26 in Rhode Island. This does not create efficiency or affordability. So how did Rhode Island respond? The state then created the cabinet-level office of housing with its own massive budget and staff, which continues to grow. This isn't creating efficiencies that lower costs. It's creating bureaucracies that increase costs. High interest, high costs, and low inventory have all resulted in the death of the starter home for Rhode Island residents. Republicans believe that while we continue to invest in housing, we must invest wisely. It's imperative that we stop growing the size of government while at the same time hoping we'll be lowering prices. That is simply not how economics works. And most importantly, the state either needs to respect our towns and let them govern themselves or fully fund the overbearing mandates we continue to foist upon our municipalities. Otherwise, the local taxpayers will be stuck with that bill and we simply cannot afford it. Rhode Island has had an ongoing struggle creating jobs and growing our economy. I've already spoken about the dynamic we face being between New York and Boston, and that dynamic plays a major role in our poor economic performance as a state. Rhode Island loses 63% of our college graduates to states with better economies and more housing opportunities. Our own Department of Labor and Training cites that since 2010, our population has decreased in every age group under 45, while at the same time we've seen a 69% increase in folks between the ages of 65 and 84. The U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics also reports that Rhode Island is the only state to have a net loss in salary amounts in 2023. These demographic and salary trends do not bode well for a prosperous Rhode Island, and we must turn that around.
Republicans will continue to advocate for policies that make doing business in Rhode Island less burdensome and less expensive. The tangible property tax was reformed last year, and that's just one of the areas where Republicans have been advocating to reduce the burdens on our businesses, and that type of advocacy will not stop. In conclusion, Rhode Island truly is one of the most special places in the world. And as the smallest state, we possess the agility to excel beyond all expectations. It's time to dream bigger and execute smarter. Rhode Island Republicans envision a future where we lead by reducing dependency on government, properly supporting education, and empowering our citizens to create prosperity. These things are possible with earnest commitments, and we call upon our colleagues in government to join us in this vision for Rhode Island. Working together, we can foster a prosperous and promising future for all. Thank you, God bless you, and good night. That was um, Republican House Minority Leader Mike Chippendale. I, I found it refreshing. He's dealing in reality. I thought it was very effective. I wish that Channel 10 and Channel uh, 12 had aired it. The only one that I saw that aired it was Channel 6. When I tried to get Channel 12 and 10 did not. When I tried to get an answer, why didn't they? What I was told was, well, I'm not a mind reader. Uh, no, but you do work for the House. You should try to find out from them why they didn't run it. I don't get it. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. All your oil needs. Make it Henry Oil. Call Henry Oil today. 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Call Henry Oil today. Fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery it's henry oil residential commercial fuel oil delivery since 1947 they also have budget plans service contracts lack lock and cap pricing you can depend on henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass we got a long way to go with winter make sure that tank is filled Call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, a local, family-run business since 1947 that you can depend on. For all your oil needs, call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. All your tree needs, call Yankee Tree today. The tree trimming experts in Lincoln, call Yankee Tree at 401-439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck service, even bobcat service, you can depend on Yankee Tree. Remember, 24-7 emergency services available. They are fully insured, licensed arborists. Yankee tree with all these storms don't let some dangerous branches fall onto your home or business call Yankee tree today 401-439-6028 the tree trimming experts in Lincoln you can depend on Yankee tree service call them 401-439-6028 free quote 24-7 emergency service Yankee tree service there when you need them 401 439-6028. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. All right, let's go to some of the reaction. On the left, MSNBC, full style, as they call it, freak out. They're back, starting with Rachel Maddow. Here we go. Takeaway from that, and I don't mean to be, again, too dark, as you said, on this, but it is not... If we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. If we're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government, the leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. Mm-hmm. But people wanting that Correct. is a yeah. much mm-hmm. bigger part mm-hmm. of that That's equation. Right. And the American electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism on the ultra-right for a very long time. They've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before. And I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to
to your party, the leaders interchangeable. And yes, Trumpism is sometimes what we call it. Mm -hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is an authoritarian mm -hmm. movement inside yes. Republican politics that isn't being bamboozled by Trump. Mm -hmm. They are pushing Trump That's to right. get more and more right. extreme because the more extreme things he says, the more they, the like more they adhere and to him. That yeah. and, and that is coming from a very large proportion of the American right that adheres to the Republican Party. And that's why this is a Republican Party problem more than it is the problem mm -hmm. of one man. Now, let's talk about that. Uh, <clears throat> these are the policies of the Democrat Party. These are the progressives. I'll tell you what she's talking about. This is, this is a result of <clears throat> some of the leaders that have led to this. Are people like Governor McKee, are Lieutenant Governor Matos, are the Vice President, are Biden. What you have in the country, and even in our area, are people that follow the rules. People, you work. You work hard. You pay your taxes. You follow the laws. You try to do everything right, or correctly, I should say. And then you have the Dis David Cicilline's of the world that come along. And they try to say, we don't need these types of people because they don't agree with all my politics. So we're going to replace them, and we're going to bring in people from foreign lands, from other climates, and we're going to replace them, and we're going to manipulate the vote, and we're going to have elections that are not legitimate, and we're going to give all this stuff away, and we're going to legalize drugs, and we're going to give out free housing to people who choose not to work, and we're going to embrace the Green New Deal. And we're going to empower people like AOC and the squad. And all these progressive policies. And then the other side, that they do all the working. And they try to just provide a better life. And maybe this is probably you in future for your children and grandchildren. And where does it get you? <clears throat> As people like McGreed, Governor McKee. And Matto, and they want to take every nickel you make. And Harris, who can't even effectively patrol the border. And they allow all these people to come in. And then they start talking about that in, in, there's a housing shortage. And they never address the fact that so many of these illegals are taking the properties of the people that have been following the rules and following the law. And suddenly there are no rules. And the only thing that matters is whether or not they can stay in power. And what do they do? They manipulate the voting to ensure that they stay in office. And then they wonder why people get upset. And then someone like a President Trump comes along and he recognizes the people, whether it be in Rhode Island or Mass or New Hampshire or keep going, Pennsylvania or Michigan or Wisconsin. Last night in Iowa, <clears throat> and says what they're doing to you is wrong, right? In 2016, it was the forgotten man and woman, and it was 100% right. So what Rachel Maddow leaves out of the equation is that maybe people don't like the failed policies of the public schools where they have posters of Black Lives Matter. Maybe people don't like the fact that they can take their 10-year-old and 11-year-old and not notify the parents and start them down the path to convince them that they, the, the only way to ha <clears throat> happiness is if they switch genders and try to embrace that. Maybe the people that work, that were Democrats, suddenly look at an 81-year-old man who clearly is on the mental decline, and yet the Democrat Party trots him out and tries to pretend and convince you that he's completely fine or let alone someone like a Kamala Harris and so many of those voters had to be quiet the summer of 2020 because George Floyd died of an overdose in Minneapolis and just happened to be in the custody of the police so that greenlit you can smash all the windows you can rob you can loot you can burn if you're white you're a racist uh, in the schools, having, you know, children get up and apologize to their classmates, kids being told that their parents and grandparents are all racist, that the men that started the country, George Washington, and Ben Franklin, were all just white supremacists, white racists. Maybe people don't like that idea. 
Maybe people are not ashamed of the United States. Maybe people don't want someone like a Senator Mack in charge and everything is suddenly about race. Maybe they're not ashamed of the flag. Maybe they don't feel that America is to blame for all the problems in the world. And then they find a candidate like a President Trump that says, you're right, no, we are the greatest nation on earth. That's what someone like a Maddow doesn't understand is it's it's a it's people trying to do the right thing and then watching as the other side completely takes advantage and so that's why and as i've said we don't have a democracy if we had a democracy mckee and matos would not be in office right now they completely manipulated the election so they someone like a rachel maddow fails to mention that that's what has eroded people's trust and faith in democracy. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber, JMB Plumbing. Call them today, all your plumbing needs, 401-743-9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401-743-9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today, 401-743-9153, JMB Plumbing, and look for them on Facebook. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, I always tout our website just because it has exclusive stories and video. It has links to on-the-scene live stream. Remember, there's no vo- uh, vowel I. It's D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, DePietro.com. You can also reach me that way if you'd like to get in touch with me. DePietro.com, log on and then links to Facebook and YouTube, everything we have, it's all waiting for you right there at the website. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Shopper Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, 401 900 I-N-S-U, 401-900-4678, Shapa Insurance, SIA. Stephen, very experienced. Whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island of Massachusetts, Shapa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable can have everything under one roof call shapa insurance today 401 900 insu or 401 900 4678 look for them on facebook again located reservoir avenue in cranston shapa insurance agency your neighbor your partner your friend one-stop insurance solutions 